Hello and welcome to the Sensibility Podcast. I am here with our wonderful special guest, Sarah Walton. Now, Sarah was on our podcast a few weeks ago, so if you've missed that, I would suggest you go back and have a listen. Sarah is a coach, um, she's an author, she's a podcaster, she's a mom, she's pretty much an extraordinary woman. So um, I'm so excited to have her back because I felt like we could just kept talking for hours on end last time we had her on the show. So it was just natural to get her back to finish what we kind of started. So welcome back, Sarah. Oh my gosh, Amy, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. I, I, you're right. We could have just been yakking all day long. It was such a great, a great conversation and I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, well, we were talking about the three myths that keep you broke and Yes, we were. <laughs> and it's crazy because <laughs> as soon as you become aware of what's going on, like the patterns and behaviors or even the lies that we've been told as children, um, it starts becoming apparent as we get old, you know, in our lives. As soon, the awareness piece, with, um, especially with the money coaching space, space, is quite profound. So I wanted to get you back to recap on these three myths and some really fun ways we could actually, fun, simple ways we can actually release those money blocks. Mm, yes. Okay. So we'll do a quick recap. Here you guys go. If you don't have a pen and paper, I'm just saying you might want to grab one real quick. Okay. But the myths are there's not enough. More is better. And that's just the way it is. And that those three, when we hang on to them or believe them in any way, can make us act like crazy people. Right. So what we were talking about, we we're talking about toilet paper hoarding during the pandemic. There's not enough. Oh my God. Right. We're talking about people who <laughs> say, I want a bigger house. I want a bigger house. More is better. And then they get the big house. They're like, damn it. Someone has to clean this thing. Right. More is not always better. Right. You guys could take that to your own, to your own world, right. Your own life and see where that fits in. And then the last one is that's just the way it is. So that one is extremely damning in that if you believe that you will always be poor, right? Or rich people will always be jackasses. Um, and that there's no way you can break into that class. And that's just the way it is. It gives you an excuse to lean back and go, see, it's not my problem, right? You just kind of relax into that. And now you're in trouble because you don't believe you have the ability to alter your current circumstances. So that's the quick recap. Does that oh, sound about right to you, Amy? Absolutely. That, that is what it is. <laughs> it's like, um, that is such a damning one because it, it can affect in mm. all sorts of people's lives. You know, it could be where, you know, women actually, and I talked about, you know, the gender pay gap being an issue when we had, um, oh. I had a guest on talking about that not that long ago. And it's, Unless you actually go, no, it isn't how it should be. Unless you actually go, I am not settling right. for this. And as children, we get that. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that as well as kids. We get that. I think you used that a beautiful analogy of, um, you know, the musical chairs even. So like our subconscious yeah. gets all of these mixed messages around, you know, this scarcity. It is what it is. Or just settle for that. It's allowing us to be stuck mm -hmm. in sort of a victim mentality. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the not enoughness. I mean, we've seen that craziness that's happened in the pandemic and there's, um, there's a lot there that we could fix, but we've got to start seeing where that shows up in our own lives too. That's exactly right. And that really is, I know we really wanted to dive in today when you and I were wrapping up the last one, we were like, oh dear gosh, this is just like the very, very beginning. Like what do we do? <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much to cover here. And I think, you know, where this really can come into play as far as us getting over our own blocks is it really is taking that beat in between seeing something come in, some sort of information coming in for you, whatever that is, that could be your electric bill, that could be your credit card bill, that could be an investment you made in your business that you way overextended yourself and now you don't know what to do, right? There's so many different ways you can get what's called stimulus, right? There's some sort of stimulus out there. Something stimulates you and you're like, <gasps> and there's a famous quote, yeah, I want to attribute it to Deepak Chopra. I'm almost 100% sure that's right. If that's incorrect, somebody please correct me. But I believe it was Deepak Chopra who said, in between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space lies your power. And I love that quote. I actually have it. You can't see it here, but I actually have it up on my monitor at all times. And 
The thing I love about that is we're all stimulated all the time. So let's say you decide you want to lose a couple of pounds, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this done. I'm so excited. The stimulus could be a cookie, right? Stimulus. Oh my God, right? There's the stimulus. Then there's your response. Do you go, I got the efforts and you pick it up and shove it in your face. That's a response, right? Or is the stimulus, oh, I see you. And you know what? Maybe Friday after dinner, but right now I'm actually going to just have a big glass of water, go back to work, do whatever. I don't know. Whatever works for you, right? Those are two different responses. But in between that one same same stimulus, right, there's many, there's thousands of different responses you can have. And so it's taking that space to go, hold on, what do I actually want here? What do I want to create for myself here? What's going to be the best thing here? And we don't do that enough. And when there's, there's myths like this that come into our life, right? And they just kind of pummel in like this. We have, like, I just snapped. Sorry. I know it's kind of weird to hear in a podcast, guys, but there you go. Immediately you respond and you respond without thinking. And so if we can kind of pull the stimulus and the response apart just a tad for you to question that ongoing immediate response, um, it can make a huge difference. So the next time you do get a bill, let's say, and you're like, oh, you get that sock in the gut, like I'm going to shove this in the drawer and pretend I didn't see it kind of thing, right? That's one response. (laughs) But chances are that response comes from the idea there's not enough. I don't have enough to cover this. And so that can be one response and it can definitely feel true in the moment. So the idea is, how can I respond in a way that's going to make me feel amazing? And usually for most of us, it's to be incredibly responsible. So it could very well be, okay, I'm going to set that right there to remind me that that's due. And now I'm going to go create with all of my heart and I'm going to show up to work and I'm going to be the best version of myself. and I'm going to do everything I can. And if after doing that, no, like new ideas might come to your mind or new ways of being might come in for you. And you start talking to people and someone goes, oh my gosh, I actually need you to do this extra job. Boom. Problem solved. Right. And because you didn't shove it in a drawer, you didn't pretend it wasn't happening. You didn't make yourself wrong for it. You actually just participated in life. When you do that, new opportunities open up and let's say no new opportunities open up. I'm going to take it all the way with you guys. You're like, oh crap, Bill comes in. I was great, Sarah, you big jerk. I was great all day. I didn't get any ideas and nobody hired me for anything. Oh my gosh. Right. Then you call them (laughs) and you work something out. Like you do something where you are being responsible for how you are working with your money. You're working through your issues. And pretty soon what happens is you'll see there is always enough available. There will be a way to get through this where there will be enough. Nobody actually went without toilet paper. It's all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. right. Can I add to that? Cause, um, I mean, the bill analogy is perfect because especially Mm. when we're in this scarcity mindset, um, is that we create everything that's going on in our world, right? So we've put that energy out there. We've attracted that in and you're like, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't want to create a situation where I can't afford something, but what does that bill represent? So if it's the electricity bill, it's actually keeping the damn lights on. It's making your house warm or cool wherever you are in the world right now. You know, um, it's, <laughs> it's actually serving you. So be grateful for that as well. So that's another step I always say is like add the gratitude piece and I created this. At the time I signed that contract for that service to come into my life, I needed it. I wanted it. I des- I had a desire for it and it served its purpose. So I'm grateful for that. So it's then another piece to that. When you're doing all that work, it's another level of going, I now am stepping into a space of responsibility, acknowledging that I actually was responsible for this bill to come in in the first place. I created it. And if I created that, mm. I can create more for that. Because we are in, exactly. we're infinite yes. beings. We, we are creators. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I remember the first time you told me that, I was like, that is one of the more brilliant things I've ever heard. Um, and, and I think it's understanding that money really is infinite. You can always, always make more money. And I think this, this BS mindset that we have been it's just been shoved down our throats. This there's not enough thing. It's totally made up. 
it's totally made up. And, um, you know, if we were to line a bunch of people up and like hand, like I had a $100 bill and I handed it to you and then you handed it to the person next to you. Then we handed it to the person next and we handed it to the person next. Right. And then at the very end, that same $100 bill will have lost no value right? It's still the same $100 bill. Nothing's gone anywhere. It did not disappear. And it added value to every single person it touched. And when we can get that, that it doesn't disappear, it doesn't go somewhere, that is such a lie. And they do that on the stock market all the time. Billions of dollars were lost. It wasn't lost. It moved. It just moved. It moved from this person's hand to this person's hand. That is a lie. That's so true. Now, was something valued higher and now it's lower? Yes, but it didn't disappear. It moved. It's the same with, I love that analogy of the stock market actually, um, but it's the same with, with property, right? We, we can see property is physical, whereas the stock market isn't. We don't actually value the property market daily, but we do on the stock market. But the property market still fluctuates and actually has volatility just like the stock market. Just physically, we can still see that building standing there. It just might not be a buyer's market this month or it might not be the seller's market That's this right. month. But unless you're actually physically going to buy that property, you would not know that. So when people are freaking out about investing and that – the markets have fallen. Oh my God, this pandemic's going to ruin my, you know, 401k or in our situation, our superannuation. What the hell's going on? I'm going to run out of money. No, you're not. Don't sell. Don't crystallize the loss. It's moved. And it's also coming down to actual often uh, behavioral economics, which is hysteria. It's people going, holy Matt, you know, holy crap, I'm going to take my money because I'm scared. And that really mm -hmm. comes down to it. So mm -hmm. they've actually sold out of that asset and taken some funds or the, the futures markets have moved around because these guys are going or girls are going, well, we think that value is actually lower than it should be and vice versa. So it's just moving. It's moving. It's not disappearing. Right. Yeah. We're not in the um, times yeah. where the banks actually will close on us and we won't have any money and we have to put it under the mattress. You know, it's a very different right. world these days with so much more regulation. That's correct. And different types of currencies and different types of opportunities to make money, not just the stock market, by the way, but millions and millions mm -hmm. and billions of dollars is floating all around the world for all of us to have. All the time. All the time. And, you know, um, more on this, like scarcity more is better or I hate rich oh, people can come out of the more one. is better, right? That jealousy piece, you know, um, I was, I was actually on a, another podcast talking with a really good friend of mine about, listen, she was so great. She goes, listen, these people who want to buy these $40,000 handbags and they're always flying first class. She goes, I can't help it. Sometimes I just get mad. I said, okay, let's talk about that. Cause we were talking about money and she was being really sweet about it. We were joking back and forth. And I said, listen to me. One of the biggest repellents you can have for money is hating on people who have it. I can tell, and this is not to be snotty, like I just want people to be aware, like, but I can tell inside of about a one minute conversation if someone is broke or not, and it's not by what they're wearing and it's not by the bag they have or the shoes they have. It's how they speak about people who have other things, right? And I know because... When you are truly wealthy, and that might mean you have $1,000 in the bank, and it might mean you have $10 million in the bank, right? But when you are truly wealthy, you are experiencing the joy of life, right? And for some people, that's really, really nice things. And for other people, it's reading a book and having a great cup of tea. And for other people, it's traveling. Like, we all have our things. But you just want to notice, like, some of the fastest way to break through these barriers is to get super excited for people who have money. And when you do that, everything starts to shift and it like becomes this incredible flow that you get to jump into and enjoy. And I was just talking to a client of mine who was beating herself up because she has a friend who loves these $40,000. I don't even know. I didn't even know there were handbags that cost that much, but there are. I'm late to this show. I'm sorry. Fashion's not my thing. But um, in talking, she's like, I just feel so bad because I just want to take it and run away. And I was like, well, that's crazy. You know, she was being so honest and so great. I was like, 
I love you so much right now. But we were talking about it. And I said, listen, why don't you hold it? Why don't you enjoy the stitching? Why don't you look at the beauty of the design? I was like, smell it, love it up and just get so excited for her because that actually puts you in the energy of owning something that wonderful, right? And if you appreciate it and love it, you should want to own it. That's a beautiful thing. That's a work of art. And so revel in it and love it up for her. And it's going to give you the exact same experience as if you owned it, except you don't have to worry about it. Like you don't care if someone spills coffee on it. Like, like You can good. enjoy all the good about it without freaking out. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she called me so excited because she actually did this friend, got a new bag or whatever and was showing it off. And she jumped in with it and got so super excited with her. And she called me on the way home. She just left me a little boxer and she's like, you were right. She goes, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. I was in it with her. And I was like, that's really what it's like when we enjoy. And yeah, go ahead. I was Sorry. just going to say, well, that's actually perfect segue to the, that's a, a beautiful money block, uh, un, unblock, a beautiful way to unblock <laughs> money blocks. How do I say that? You know what I mean. <laughs> that was great, actually. I like that. <laughs> um, because Ooh. if you are in that space, again, the gratitude piece, but it's actually embodiment. Okay. So that embodiment, if you actually are looking at somebody that you admire, whether it be that they're where they are with their wealth creation, where they are with their career, where they are with their relationship, you might have the desire to have this amazing relationship and you're, you know, you're flying solo at the moment and you sit there on the fence and you're looking in and just going, that's amazing. It's great to actually feel that energy and actually embody that space in yourself because when you feel the feels, you're going to attract more of those mm. feels. So that's actually a really good thing to to say there is if you are don't don't let that turn into jealousy or that lack because that's that's just going to keep creating more of that lack, right? And it's also going to just turn mm. you into a bitter person, right? Who wants to be bitter and angry and twisted and jealous all the time? I don't know. That's a perfect thing for the Grinch and we're in this season right now. We don't <laughs> want to be the Grinch, do we? Like do you want to be that angry? I hope not. Bitter twisted human being. Or do you want to actually be happy for people? So we've all got choices here. Mm. And when we make these mm -hmm. choices with our money blocks, we're going to release them. That's the word I was looking for, yeah. releasing it. Release. I like unblock the blocks, though. That was cool, too. <laughs> um, but I do think, I think you're pointing to something really cool that I, I, I think you're right. And, and money blocks, in my humble opinion, are really an opportunity to heal. So I really believe that money... You guys hang with me because I'm about to say something really strange. Money actually carries the same energy as love. And what I mean by that is that, I don't know, I, I worked with Marianne Williamson years and years and years ago. I don't know if you know who she is, but she studied something called the Course in Miracles, which I haven't studied, so I can't speak to that. But the idea in that course was that there's really only two emotions. There's love and there's fear, and that's it. And anything that we experience stems from those two emotions, right? So when you're happy, joyful, hooray, that's from love. And when you're fearful, jealous, angry, upset, that's fear. And love's job is to bring out fear. Love's job is to pull fear out of those dark corners where it likes to hide and bring it front and center so it can be dealt with, it can be healed and turned back into love because there's only two. So if love injected into someone's life will bring up all the fear, Right. And we can see that sometimes with big social revolutions, right? Massive love gets injected. And what do you see in response? Right. Oh, my God. No. Right. right. So you can see it on that grander scale, but you can also see it in your own life. So if we look at money as having that same love like energy, when it gets injected into your life, what it's going to do is bring up all your fears. And that's what happens for people, right? This is why like people, at least here in the States, we always joke around about people winning, you know, the sweepstakes or the lottery or whatever. They lose that money, right? They get, I'm going to rephrase that. They don't lose it. They get rid of it. They get rid of it within months, sometimes a year. Most of the time it's, it's, they have removed all of it from their life within 18 months. And it's because in order to hold that much love, in order to take in something that powerful, you have to grow yourself to hold it. And people don't want to do that. 
They'd rather be pissed off at all those jackasses who were sitting there in first class drinking their champagne while I'm back here with somebody who just farted and I hate my life, right? Like that's how people view this. And what we want to recognize in ourselves, you guys, as we come up against those blocks, every single one of those is an opportunity to heal something we're afraid of. Every single time. I've never seen it not work. Oh, it's 100%. Oh my God, there's so much in that that I... I, I don't even know where to start. First on the love thing, great book if you if you haven't read it called Love Money, Money Loves You on the actual topic that money is actually the energy of love by an author called Sarah McCrum. Um, so great name. She's it's absolutely mind-blowing. The other thing I was going to say is just on the topic of people who do you know win these sweepstakes or lottery or whatever and then lose it, what we do is we get stuck in a holding pattern. Unless we do the healing, that holding pattern basically has too much over us that we feel safer being stuck in an angry space, being in the place of fear, because that's all we know. Our bodies get addicted to those stress hormones, and it's sort of like a subconscious mm. way of thinking that we're going to survive. We're, this is our survival mechanism. So until you deal with what's going on and those, those, you know, the fear, the anger, the animosity and do the thing, you know, that means sometimes forgiveness work. It means loving yourself, meaning recognizing that you're actually worthy. You are enough. You are amazing. You are that infinite being, you know. Until you work, actually do the work, you, yes, the money's not going to stick. And that Agreed. is so important. Yeah. That's something that, you know, the process we take our clients through sometimes is the work is actually seems very woo-woo, but it is all energy. <sighs> I mean, at the end of the day, right, everything is energy um, and love is energy. It's the best energy. It's the highest, highest level of energy. So I absolutely love <laughs> what you just said <laughs> because it's absolutely so true. I cannot see... Um, mm -hmm. any fault in what you just said. It was just amazing. Thank you. Cause mm -hmm. that was just profound. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to get my hands on that book. I didn't know that. I love, I love when that happens, when you hear there's a different idea, like the same idea from different people in different ways like that. Oh, it just makes me so excited because it's like this, these kernels of truth popping right in all these different places. It's wonderful. And, um, and I do think, you know, as we're trying to talk today specifically, we're like, okay, we've got these myths. How do we unblock this? You know, I think it is really looking at any fearful moment as an opportunity instead of something to run from back to the stimulus and the response, right? So the stimulus is, oh my God, I'm so scared. Okay. What is there for me to heal? Yeah. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. It yeah. is a big deal. It's funny because mm -hmm. someone was to come and listen to us talking, thinking, oh, okay, we're going to talk about, um, you know, myths that keep us broke. I don't want to be broke anymore. And how do we unblock those myths, you know, those money blocks? How do we fix this problem? And they're going, what the hell are you talking about? I've got to do some forgiveness work. I've got to do, you know, <laughs> it's got to do with love. It's got to do with feelings. Yes. It's got to do with, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, there is actually a bit of work here. There is, but yeah. it's actually, and, yeah. and it is all healing. It is all healing. But the first key is being aware of it. It is, you know, and yeah, oh boy, there is so much here. But one thing is too, for somebody listening, who's like, I just wanted tips. Like, what do I invest in? Or how do I not overspend my money on coffee or whatever? <laughs> like all those things that are out there. Listen, there's a lot of fantastic information out there. That's wonderful. And it's kind of like... How do you lose weight? Well, you eat a little bit less and you exercise a little bit more. The end, right? Like, and we all know that, right? We all know that information and how many of us do it, right? I don't know what to do. I can't seem to get it. Away. There's no difference between that and money and how we interact with our money, right? If you really want to grow your wealth, put 10% of everything you make away and there you, you're done. Like it's like <laughs> the end, right? But then it's like, yeah, but I want that and I want this and I want that. And then now you're back in that habit. You're stuck in the myth number three, which is this is just the way it is. And I think what we're getting to is there's so much underneath it that is so important. And for the person listening who was like, dang it, I just wanted tips. You know, what I'll say to you is that one of the most important things you can do with your money is understand anytime you feel yourself morally judging money, know that you've bit that that's a lie. 
if you are adding morality to money, there's a lie in there. Um, and specifically for women, there are three things that get moralized for women that are not moral at all, <laughs> right? They're just things and it's money, right? Like, oh, you shouldn't be charging for that. Or, oh, did you spend on that? Like that morality judgment. The other one is food. I was such a good girl today. I ate a salad. What the hell does that have to do with your morality? Like, what is that about? Right. And then the other one is sex, right? And we look at that as women and we can see men can sleep with whoever they want. And that's okay. They can eat whatever they want. That's okay. And they can make as much money or spend it. And that's okay. And so for women, especially what I'll say to you is if you're bringing, if you feel that like, like, Ooh, that tingling of like, I'm a bad person. Know that that's a lie. And that's such a massive indicator. So if you're listening for tips, that's like the biggest tip I can get you. <laughs> it's like anytime you feel that morality creeping in about how you make money or how you spend money or what you do with money in any way, that's a lie. That is such a good tip. That's a good tip because I mean, <laughs> I, I, as a coach, I do the work on myself and I have um, recently gone, okay, I want to take my business and my finances to another level, right? And then there's been these um, blocks, like there's been these holdups, there's been these sort of issues in the road, like uh, invoices have been delayed, uh, applications, mm. there's been mess-ups with a huge, huge client, right, investing, and all of a sudden there was this massive delay, and that delays my income and where I was going with everything, with all of my goals, and I'm like, what is happening here? There is this pattern, mm. right? I had to look within. This is actually a recent thing because I teach this and I, I teach this to advisors. I teach this. I do this with my clients. I have to practice what I preach. And I was like, okay, there's some stuff that I have to, haven't dealt with. And exactly what you're saying is like, look for those patterns. Those three things is like perfect for me. I realized even though I've done a lot of my like work on limiting beliefs and everything, there was this, I'm not worthy to be at that level of success. I did not even see this for years until just recently. And I do this work for myself and other people. So it was actually like, wow, and that's a real, like the worthy piece is a big one. And it's something like, oh my God, I thought I've been doing all this work and I've done this forgiveness stuff. And I've, 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 you know, moved myself to different levels along this journey and that worthy piece just keeps rearing its ugly head up. And it's actually stuff that we, it's more inherited from being a woman, being a female, being uh, afraid to be seen. I mean, I wrote this massive journal, like I did a lot of journaling and it just all spilled out of me. And I was like, wow, that's, I didn't even see that coming because I thought I dealt with all this stuff, you know, but it's so ingrained with us. And it is something that not only is in us, but because it's such a, it's part of our society and it's part of our mothers and our grandmothers and so on, it's actually stuff we inherit. So if we think we've already dealt with that, you know, gone into our timeline and gone, okay, I, I remember that happening when I was a kid and I, that was a lie and I'm dealing with that and it's all forgotten, it's still ingrained. you still got to keep doing the work. you still got to remind yourself that, Everywhere we go, all the things we hear, that whole piece of, you know, being, allowing ourselves to eat what we want to eat, spend what we want to spend, invest how we want to invest without the fear that we're going to stuff it up because we're women, you know, it's insane, but it's actually deeply ingrained in us, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing we want to understand too, as women, I think what you just shared, by the way, that was really generous of you to share that. And I think it's so important for people to understand that it's a, it's a constant movement. It's a constant movement upward. Right. And, and you heard it, right. The morality, I'm not really worthy to be, what the, who did, what, but it comes in, right? And it's such a great indicator, you guys. So I keep coming back to this, but if you showed up to this podcast to find tips, <laughs> that's your biggest one. Like if you hear yourself going, I don't deserve that, right? Whoa, danger, Will Robinson, danger, because that is a lie. Money does not carry morality with it. That is a BS man-made construct around the tool that is that will give you access to more than you've ever had. It is the most powerful tool, whether we like it or not, that we have access to right now. And so what happens when something's that powerful is people make up stories around it. And so one of the stories is that there's some moral 
um, residue on it. And there isn't. It's absolutely not true. It's a tool like a hammer, right? You can use a hammer to kill somebody or you can use a hammer to build a house for the homeless. Like it's a tool. It in and of itself does not have morality, right? And so we need to remember that and understand our relationship to it. Um, and I think the other thing that you said that was so great is us constantly looking at where we don't feel worthy inside of the game of money or inside of the game of food, inside of the game of sex for women, those three things have really been moralized for us. Right. And only for us. And you guys, one of the things I just want us to keep in mind and please keep in mind, I love men. I have five brothers, like, <laughs> like have a son, right? Like I like love men. This is not a man hating thing. This is just sort of something for us to be aware of is any institution or system that is older than 50 years was built by men for men. And you just want to understand that it's not going to work for us. This It's just not because it wasn't designed for us in the same way. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just doesn't work for us as well as something that we would design for ourselves would work for us. That's all. Like, I'm not saying it's bad or wrong or anything like that, but we need to get that. And we need to understand. And I think we talked about this last time too, like here in the States anyway, women couldn't get their own credit cards until 1974. You had to have a man sign for it. Mortgages, I think it was 1976. You can have your own. You have man had to be on there, right? And what we have to understand as women, when it comes to our relationship to money is that women aren't supposed to handle it in our society, right? Like when we're talking about like what's drilled into our brains, right? Like that's not a truth, but in, in the way things were designed, we went from father to husband or brother to husband or whatever, and they took care of money and we just were quote unquote taken care of, right? We did, but we didn't handle it. And you guys, that's not that long ago. It's just not that long ago. And we have to understand. No, did you just say 1976? I did. 1974 was for credit cards. I believe mortgages was 1976. It might also be 1974, but I believe it was 1976. That's not no, that long ago. before I was born. It's gross. It's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to understand, you guys, you want to talk about residue. <laughs> that's still in our society, right? That's why... We still, at least in the States, I think it's 73 cents on the dollar still, because we're not supposed to be playing this game. The game wasn't designed for us, right? And so we're trying to shove ourselves into something that wasn't designed to work for us. And that's one of the reasons it does, if it can feel off or it can feel weird and it doesn't mean it's wrong either. It's just something for us to be aware of so that we can break it, right? We can break through that residue and go, oh, that doesn't belong to me. That's from the past. And it's there because men designed it for men. So that makes sense, right? That's how that was designed to work. It's also why I think women don't fit well for very long by their own choice <laughs> in corporations. Once again, designed by men for men to live life a certain way. It, we don't like it. It doesn't work for us. And that's why women are like hemorrhaging, at least in the States. I mean, women are fleeing corporate jobs, again, of their own volition. I'm not saying they can't do it or they don't belong. I'm not saying any of that. They're like, F this noise and they're out, right? They're like, I am not playing this game because it wasn't designed by us, for us, with us, next to us, nothing. We were not there when corporations were designed and created, when the work day was designed and created, women were not involved. And yet we run and chase to fit into it and it doesn't work for us. And that's something just to kind of keep in the back of your head is to question, why is this so uncomfortable? Ah, I'm not supposed to be here. Got it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be. <laughs> I will belong here and I do belong here and I got that. But when it was created, I wasn't supposed to. So there's going to be some kinks we got to work out here. And I'm going to now infiltrate this space and I'm going to now make it work for all of us. But understand that inside that, when you're talking about like, this keeps coming up or that's still there for us, I personally think, and I'm happy to be wrong about this, but I personally think that's part of what it is, is that we were never considered when it was created. Oh my God. You've just, I've just had an aha moment here. This is amazing. Just with the actual challenges I'm going through with my business, you know, we when we were off air, and I know we're changing topics a little bit, so bear with me, please, people. But when we were off air, I was talking about coming to the end of the year and just going, oh, my God, I haven't achieved all this stuff in my business. And I'm beating myself, well, I'm beating myself up to a point, but I'm actually doing the work at this very moment on where these patterns I'm seeing come, are showing up because of where I wanted to take my business, but you know what? 
I've been doing it a little bit wrong because I've been operating it on an expectation of a corporate system that wasn't designed for me. So now I actually have just, you've just given me permission, Sarah, to create my own design, my own way of operating my business. I just sort of had that, wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, Amy, please, and please do it. Like go, go design your own because... I think we kind of talked about this before on our last episode together, we were talking about this, how women, we have this high functioning codependence as women, and we can go and go and go and do and do and do. And the only way we're going to break that system down is woman to woman. When we go, Hey, are you okay? It's all right to take your feet up. Do you need some tea? Can I help out? What do you need? Like that support that we have for each other and saying, Oh my God, you're killing it. You're doing so great. Meanwhile, you're about to drop dead. Right. So we got to break that system down and you saying what you just said about I'm now going to design this in a way that works for me, that is a woman breaking it down for another woman because now you're the role model. Now you're the one we can look at and go, no, Amy did it. She did it. She was trying to do it that way. It wasn't working for her. She just broke it down and designed it. Now I get to do the same thing too. And so you sharing that breakthrough right now is so freaking awesome because now other women are going to go, I'm going to go, oh, what's she going to do? I'm going to watch how she does. This is amazing. <laughs> and just give yourself that permission. Like it's your freaking business, man. It is. You want it to run from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m., knock yourself out. Like, do whatever you want to do in a way that works for you so that you can live the life that you really it's want. It's so crazy because when I started this business, and I know I've gone off topic with the, the myths of keeping us broke, but actually this has got to do with that because mm -mm. we've got to see Absolutely. where we're feeling uncomfortable. We've got to work through that and actually when it comes to where we're feeling uncomfortable, make positive changes, actually deal with that forgive it. And, you know, you know, going through the garden, so to speak, you're doing the weeding, but you're doing that on a personal level. Um, when I started my business, I had three little boys and I was a single mom and it was not very easy. I can tell you that it was a big, it was challenging, but one of the motivating factors of this business was, um, I could work when they were at school. And then when they went to bed, I would work then. So I was actually got this, I had this flexibility that I could be up, I could get them to school. I would walk them and they would ride their scooters to school. We'd pick, I'd pick them up and they would ride their scooters back. And we had that going for a while. Then I got busy. Then I got sort of caught into this sort of corporate design and I dropped, I dropped that vision. I sort of now have this memory of that now going, wow, okay. So in, in that little aha moment, I've gone, I've got to go back to my, my why. And I think that comes down with anything we've got in life, with our money, with our relationships, with anything. It, although we're speaking specifically around what keeps us broken, the myths and the, the stories and the lies that we've told ourselves or we've heard that have penetrated through, we actually need to be aware of what they are and work it out that works for ourselves because we are the designers of our lives. And that's where the blessings will come. And that's where the unblocking of the blocks will happen. It's so true. Yeah. Because you know what it is too that I'm, I'm hearing, at least in what you're sharing that I think is so profound is taking responsibility, right? It's really all of us to say, I've not been responsible with money because I've been scared people are going to find out I don't know how to handle it. Or I've been irresponsible with money because it, as we talked about in the first podcast, my mother was so poor, I had to buy our groceries. And I don't want people to know that. Or I've been so irresponsible with money because I think, you know, I'm probably not going to be around that long. So I'm just going to spend it all and go crazy, right? Whatever it is, but being responsible for our decisions all the way down to Amy, like how we design our days and understanding those of us that have chosen this entrepreneurial life, that's in our hands. So we can't pretend to be victims of it. Oh, I don't know. I just have to work so hard. Well, it's kind of like the bills, like you said, like, no, you chose to create that bill so that you could have electricity. Like, that's a great thing. Like you chose to have this busy entrepreneurial life so you could do it on your own terms. And somewhere along the line, we get into that BS. Oh, it's not my fault. I can't do it. And that's the third myth. 
this is the way it is. You got to run a successful business. You have to work doing for seven, right? Like it's no, nobody, no, it's not real. You got to work really hard. That's what it's all about. You know, that's, you've got to put in the Mm -hmm. hours. You've got to make it, make it work and show everyone that you're just juggling. So, you know, you're being the superwoman. I mean, we create a lot of negative expectations for one another as women as well i'm juggling the children and i'm juggling the business and i'm doing some extra study and i've created a course now and i've done another podcast and i'm and and it's like crazy because if someone's looking in that's not fair on them if they're looking at me going i'm doing it all and looking like i actually have it you know under control and i'm you know happy happy joy joy but underneath the surface i'm like one of those ducks in the pond and my feet are going a million miles an Mm -hmm. hour and i'm freaking out and i'm about to have a heart attack Mm -hmm. but they don't see that they're looking in Mm -hmm. and going wow she's doing all this amazing stuff and deep down i'm going holy shit i'm exhausted this is so hard Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be hard right but that's also that that is the high function codependence Uh, the high that like the high functioning any one of us can do because we're women and we're freaking yes, awesome. We like, let's just tell the truth about that. <laughs> like, we can do anything. We know we can't. We freaking grow people for crying out loud. Like, we can do anything, right? So we look at that high functioning piece, but that's only part one. The second part is the codependence. And the codependence piece is we reward each other for being like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's accolades for running yourself ragged. And we've like, like we said earlier, I love that you shared this. It's we as women have to protect each other from doing that. Right. And it is to stop saying, Oh my God, you're killing it. You look amazing. It's to say, are you okay? I think what you're producing is extraordinary. How are you? Right. We don't do that for each other. It's not, Oh my God, I wish it was like, you. you're so amazing. It's like that. We know underneath what's happening and we need to stop pretending like what everybody else needs is more important than what's happening to the human being in front of us or, or ourselves. Right. If we don't have girlfriends, we can turn to, to go, I think I might have a heart attack if I don't stop this. And they go, I got it. How can I help? What do you need? Do you just need to talk about this? What can we take off your plate? Like, Not everybody has that. I got that. And that means sometimes we have to be our own advocates and actually check in and say, who am I doing this for? What accolades am I getting that are keeping this in place? Because I will say once again, society likes it all whole lot that we make everything work all the time because we do. And going back to the lockdown, you guys were just in in Australia. What happened here in the States? I mean, I've been calling women the shock absorbers of society because we are. Shit goes down. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear, but if it goes down, we're the ones. We're the ones on Zoom calls with babies. We're the ones ordering everything online in the middle of a meeting, right? And that's great. That works for absolutely everyone else. Right. And here in the States, yeah, I just, I was just, I just have to share. I was at a luncheon the other day, which I don't really, I rarely do. It was the first time in a while, but luncheon's not a word I use often. But anyway, I was at one and I was listening to women talking about buying their husband's family presents, wrapping everything. And I'm like, what the F is going on? Are people not capable of buying presents? What is happening here? And when did we decide that was okay? And how were we not supporting each other in saying, you know, you don't have to do that. Amazon works for everyone, <laughs> right? Like, I, it's not like you have to be a woman to like learn how to wrap presents. Like, how did this happen? And I think, again, I don't want to point to a big bad. It's not like, oh, this happened because... No, we've allowed it too. And we've shown up and we keep doing this. So it goes back to the responsibility piece, what you just did with your business, which is so great, is to say, wait, I did this. I did it kind of subconsciously. And one of the three myths was at work of like, oh, this is just the way it's got to be, Right. So this, the sooner we wake up to that and the sooner we give each other permission to wake up from that and support each other in dropping it, the faster most of us will make more money as women because we won't be focused on what everybody else needs. We'll be focused on what we need and we'll probably create things that are so much more extraordinary than what we would have tried to force out of ourselves while trying to make everyone else happy. Amen, sister. That is awesome. That's all, that is brilliant. That was brilliant. That I hope every, just whoever's listening, rewind that, listen again. That was just beautiful. That was such amazing words of wisdom because, yeah, we are the designers. Everything you just said was brilliant. Um, and we 
probably would do so much better if we did it on our own terms. And, and I, yeah. I sort of just became yeah. really aware, you know, in this podcast, um, turned into a coaching session. Great. Thank you. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just came away like I, I'm responsible for creating this situation in my business, but it's also, as I said, unfair to anyone looking in at what I'm doing. And I say that because I had a girlfriend over who um, was actually saying to me how much I achieved. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm struggling. But I was being very honest because I wanted her to understand that she was comparing herself to me and that is actually dangerous. And you've put, I think you did a podcast on that about comparing yourself on Instagram and things like that. It is a very dangerous thing for we, and we women are very guilty of doing that. So again, we've got to be responsible for, you know, what, and question, this is going back to these things, you know, these blocks and myths that we create. Why are we doing this? Why do we compare ourselves? What's really going on underneath to me, for me to check in against my, my, you know, look at myself against somebody else and see what they're doing and think they're doing something better than me. And then they, there lies the I'm not worthy piece. That's right. And I think the other question we can ask when we're looking at blocks like that, Amy, is who benefits from us doing that? Certainly not us. And I, that's right. And there's a lot for women, you know, if we're so busy beating the crap out of ourselves for heaven knows what, we're not killing it in business. We're not producing. We're not generating more love, right? And I think... You know, for those of us that, I mean, I actually don't pick up my phone hardly ever. I'm like, I call them the weapons of mass distraction. I think they cause a lot of problems, right? As what, that's my pet name for them. Um, as I just want you to think for a second, it's kind of like, again, and I hate to use the dieting stuff, but most women get this, right? It's like, if I shove, if I shove an Oreo in my face when no one's looking, I didn't really eat it, right? It's like, mm, no, but it's also this idea of, Maybe nobody else saw, maybe nobody else saw you comparing yourself like that, but is it the most loving thing you can do for yourself, right? So shoving that Oreo in your face, just because no one's like, but you saw and you know, and is that the most loving thing you can do for yourself? And so as you're designing your business, Amy, which I'm super excited to hear about, by the way, I want to hear how this goes. It's like, how loving can I be to me? Because one of the best things we can do for the people we love, for our own children, for our clients, for our customers, for the world at large is to be as loving and as kind to ourselves as possible so that we are at our absolute best. And that understanding this idea of self-hatred and self-loathing that's out there in society specifically for women is designed to keep us from doing exactly that. Because if we're busy hating ourselves, we're not so scary. We just want to get that and let that sink in because this is not the way it has to stay just because it's the way it is right now. That is so profound. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, bring it back to that. Yeah. You know, love is actually the uh, universal key here. We've got to bring it back into ourselves and our hearts, but it'll actually bring from an energetic point of view, bring more, attract more. And that is so many amazing good things in our lives from that. And that'll include relationships It'll include better business practices. It'll include more money. It'll include more opportunities because we're on a higher, happier vibration. It'll include a space actually where we're in a, you know, better mindfulness. You know, we're in a greater space in so many areas of my life, our lives. I'm talking for myself even, but um, <laughs> your life, your family's life, you know, your partner's life whoever you're sharing, you know, your space with, it'll actually be benefit in so many ways. But in terms of money blocks, yeah. it's the greatest one. No question. I couldn't greatest agree more. One to unlock the block I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> I we got you, Amy. We're here with you. We got it. Yeah. But I think that's absolutely correct. Like and and you guys, those of you who did show up, right? I keep coming back to this. Shout up for tips and tricks on how to make more money or whatever. Really, like go love up on yourself. And not in a dirty way, you crazy people. I mean, in a good way, like really take care of yourself, like feed yourself well, watch what you're consuming, hang out with people who pull out the best in you 
and watch the money change. I'm telling you, it's not a mystery and it's not a trick. If you take care of yourself, you will make more money. Oh, that's so true. The end. On, the, on that note, I will wrap up because again, we would seriously go over an hour. And um, so whoever, if you're out there walking, you've had a really good walk today. Um, or if you're jogging, even better, whatever you're doing <laughs> to listen to this podcast. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. I really loved it. I think I've got it. You're just going to have to become a regular on this show because I love talking with you about this topic. Um, and cause there's so many practical things. There's a lot of takeaways. In fact, you know, you've just changed my entire business model. So there you go. Best podcast ever. <laughs> like that is so exciting. You have, I would love Amy, you call me. I'm here anytime. And, um, and I really do want to know what you end up doing. I'm super excited about this. I think this is going to be amazing. Yeah, so do I. I've got some ideas already on my mind's going, Ooh, okay. I can, I, I'm just sort of what I'm, what I'm excited about is spending more time with my children. Oh, that's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Beautiful. Watch Beautiful. this space. I just want to thank you, everyone. If you like what you hear, please do share. Um, send the love to everybody you know. Um, and don't hesitate to reach out to either Sarah or I. Um, we're both on Instagram, Facebook. We'll put all the, all the details in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. All right, Amy, thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. Before you go, I want to remind you that everything discussed is general in nature. We are unaware of your personal circumstances, so the information we have discussed may not be right for you. It is important to consider your personal situation and seek financial advice from a licensed advisor. Amy Baker is an authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management Propriety Limited, Australian Financial Service Licence 288241. Recap Advice is a trading name of Recap Enterprises Propriety Limited, ABN 22607854240, a corporate authorization, authorized representative of Lifestyle Asset Management, AFSL 288241. I would also like to acknowledge the Bidigal and Gadigal people who are the traditional custodians of this land. I would like to pay respects to the elders, both past and present, of the Bidigal and Gadigal nations and extend that respect to other Aboriginal pe people. Thank you for listening and don't forget to share the love by sharing this podcast. Have a wonderful day wherever you are. <laughs>